This Stand Student Podcast is brought to you by Stand, a Swiss educational development initiative by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that Stand does with young people across Ireland at stand.ie. Hello everyone, we're delighted to have uh, with us here Serge and he is a recent graduate from uh, Trinity and he is from the Congo um, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his experience both in the Congo and in Ireland. So welcome Serge, we're super privileged to have you here. Before starting with this interview, I just want to make a small parenthesis. All the songs that we're hearing in the background during this interview are composed and sang by Serge himself. He has a YouTube channel that is called Serge Ilunga, where he, uh, where you can see all of his music. He's an amazing musician and we're going to be hearing his music not just during this episode, but in other episodes as well. For example, in the last episode, uh, we also heard one of his songs in the background um, at the end. So, so please subscribe so you don't miss any of his new songs. And no doubt you'll give him some likes because he's amazing. And now we'll start with the interview because uh, he's going to tell us fascinating things about his country. Um, and I cannot wait. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> Perfect. So we're going to start with the first question. Um, so where are you from in, in the Congo? In the Congo, I'm from... Uh, I was born in Bushmai, but I grew up in Kinshasa. Okay. So could you describe a little bit the Congolese people? How would you say they are, their culture? Wow, Congolese people, um, our culture, we... Uh, well, would I start off from, I would say that we are very friendly. We, um, uh, we love music, uh, rumba, and we, we, we love food and, um, and everything that to do with um, looking well, looking elegant. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is very, that's what really defines us. And yeah, that's pretty much it. When you were living in the Congo, did you witness yourself um, any type of conflict or exploitation of resources or human rights violations that uh, you would like to tell us about? Well, yes, indeed. Um, there is in Congo this time, this, uh, I mean, this feeling of anger and toward the government. Uh, and this is what really it, it is the, the basis of all the conflicts because I mean, and it's still going on up until these days where people believe that the government is not doing um, what is necessary to take care of, of, um, of the people, of the need of the people, of the social of the people. And if today, uh, by any chance, you arrive in Congo, no matter where you arrive, you will see that life is very, very bad. It's terrible. And people, they were, they were there leaving, there are almost no jobs. and and um, money or, I mean, um, work, money uh, and only certain people are rich. It's, it's only people who are working in the government, it's only their families. But 
but the population is really not enjoying no matter how many resources we 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 having so life is terribly very bad there and so there's these types of anger where the where people feels that the government is is collaborating with people outside the countries in order to to sell the resources which was we meant to um to benefit the Congolese people which are meant to serve create jobs i mean create com- i mean create companies and jobs attract attract investors to invest inside the countries so politicians what do they do they will instead they will i mean take all the resources outside at a cheaper price and there's uh, all these conflicts going on there's, there's war going on i mean certain part of congo being occupied especially those countries where i mean um where there's a lot of um, uh, natural resources in terms of gold uh, minerals and and coltons and things like that this all of these things going on which um create political tensions and affect people life it's 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 a very very horrible situations which um has been going for years and for years i mean since the um we took our independence from um um from the belgium in 1960s we since then everything um went on degrading um which hasn't been good yeah right well, <laughs> i'm i'm sure like you could keep talking about this <laughs> forever because it must be so so nerve-wracking as well for you and um that's yeah. that's great thank you for that um then um so when did you move uh, to ireland then um, i moved to ireland in 2018 and i think i was i was 18 19 yeah 18 okay yeah. good and what was the thing that shocked you more uh, from from coming from congo uh, to ireland uh, what what surprised you the most ah what surprised me the most i don't know i loved the way well i mean i loved the way uh, irish people were i loved um, the, the i mean the way people were living here everybody was occupied with work everybody was either occupied with status people had freedom um freedom to do what they want they i mean they were going to college those were things um i didn't really see back in my countries where i mean i mean life is not really really good in my countries we still fighting like small things for small things like eating like you will see household i mean not managing to i mean to survive on daily basis because uh, they cannot access um, um food they cannot access clean water they cannot access um education properly i mean the education system in our country is poorly bad because it's not free it's not it's not free it's only recently um with the new elected president he tried to make the primary schools a bit free mm-hmm. but back then in since 2018 when if i left i mean it was very hard first of all to pay the schools um electricity was a huge problem and i mean since i've never been here i've never experienced um Uh, I mean electricity going off for days but in my country we, we are used to staying for weeks without electricity and you'll be managing 
the way of life there was a bit different, but it was a bit different here because, I mean, everybody here had their own right. I mean, everybody here was respected. Everybody here had ambitions. Like in my country, you would never dream about going to college. It's just something you never think of because first of all, you can't afford, you cannot afford, um, you cannot afford that. I mean, what really I love about uh, the Irish system of arriving in Ireland is the fact that everybody had access to almost everything. Everybody has access to education, everybody had access to, to whatever was necessary for life. Whereas in my country, we're still struggling and fight for that. Right. Thank you so much. Um, and then I just wanted to ask you, um, what should Irish people learn from uh, the Congolese and the Congolese from the Irish? Oh, well, um, in terms of the Irish people, what I personally have noticed is the complaint sometimes a lot. And maybe maybe it's because they grew up having everything and um, it's sometimes they they don't when things get tough they seems to I mean worry a lot and well which is normal but it seems to go very very extreme whereas us we pretty much used to everything we might not have electricity we, you still live you might not have enough food but you still I mean, you still cope with the situations, um, and I mean that is something which is which is good. Um, well, I would say that the Irish people could um, learn from 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 the Congolese people because we have gone through maybe we have gone through a lot uh, through difficult times. We have grown up with all all of these 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 things, and we cannot complain anymore. But I mean that should be just because. You see things they complain about sometimes that are unnecessary and I don't know if you get me, but yeah. Yes. Um. What, what should Congolese people learn from um, from the Irish people? Um, I was saying in terms of um, in terms of I, I would start in terms of our government and our politician maybe it's to invest more in in um invest more in people i mean in people life is to invest more uh, because as i said earlier our political system is more focused on the when someone is becoming a politician is first focused on his family is first focused on um, um, basically him whereas when you when you become a politician or when you become a, a prime minister when you become a deputy is basically to try and advocate for people to try and seek for the best of the people that voted you that 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 not basically not what we um we experience in congo it's when people step in power first of all they get rich richer and richer ask yourself how it's totally understand and um, not understandable people get richer and you ask yourself i was surprised when they also also i think it was a governor in in in, in ireland without i mean very very simple uh, you see a prime minister you see uh, maybe a deputy or someone working in a government but they're very simple approachable whereas in my country 
someone, a politician, is very, very protected. He has, um, he has people protecting him. He has explosive cars. You cannot approach his residency. They are very, very rich, which is a very, very terrible thing. Um, a very, very terrible thing. I think they should, in some ways, learn from that, learn how to invest in social life, learn how to invest in their countries, learn how to fight for their countries. And that's something I've learned from Irish, um, uh, from um, Irish history. It is even before they get to this point, they fought a lot to get um, to get their freedom. They fought, they fought a lot to make Ireland better. I mean, um, I studied Irish history uh, with um, with them trying to get freedom from England. They fought a lot. They stand out for their rights, and that's something Congolese people should also learn to fight and to stand. For the for the for the um, for their right and not let others decide on their behalf because that is what is happening. Other people are deciding on our on, on our nation. Other people other people are deciding on who is the, who will be the next who will be our next president because Congolese people have never though you, we might be voting. But then the outcome is not what Congolese people are expecting. The reason why after every election, their protests, people dies, thousand, thousand people dies, because other people are deciding on our behalf. And that also includes the participation of Congolese who are working in the government and accepting all of these, all of these things to happen in the country. And if I were, I were to blame, I wouldn't be blaming uh, other nations from outside are be blaming our own nations because it's through the collaborations with our own nations that our country cannot go forward and that our way of life is not improving. And I will definitely say if there's one thing that Congolese people have to learn is to stand for their right, no matter the price, no matter what, and fight for what is best for them. Do you think like we could still reverse uh, some of the some of the things that Western powers have done in Congo. Um, is there any way that all that horrible history that the Congo has had to experience because because of like colonialism and all, can it be reversed some way? Um, do you feel? Um, it is still possible to reverse everything. Um, it is still possible to. I mean to reverse everything but the problem is there's a lot there's been a lot of damage being done there's been a lot of damage uh, I, I say but if you look at it maybe sometimes i mean things are not brought on media um maybe yeah maybe people don't see this but every day when when i read the news people still dies people are killed and this is, I mean, this, there is, um, as I said earlier, there's still part of the country being occupied. But because what is mainly happening is the multinationals or the, um, the Westerners, they don't come straight away into the country. They know it's a violation of law to come straight into the country and start the exploitation of resources and human. So what they do is they use a very, uh, a very clever way. It's they go through um, our other nations that we share borders with because Congo lies in the heart of Africa and we share borders with almost nine countries. 
which are our neighbors, which is their close um, to our countries. So they use them, those nations, they finance them, they finance um, the, the armies, they finance them to try to come inside to invade as if, and then this is a justification they were saying, we are standing against the government, we are fighting against the government, we are rebels, we are fighting against them. Meanwhile, they will stay there uh, calmly and you ask yourself, how are they getting uh, financial resources? So what they do, for instance, I'll give an example. They will come, especially those areas, they occupy areas with highly, highly have high um, natural resources. They have minerals, they have coltons, they have, they have gold, they have, they have a lot of natural resources. So they will come, they will stay there, they, they, they will create a, a terror um, uh, environment where they kill women and wife, they kill women and wife, and the place will just remain empty and they will start um, exploiting the resources, I mean, exploiting, that's how, I mean, that's how they, they are doing it. And through, through the rebel forces, right? Yeah, through the financing. And everything started, uh, if, if I might go back, uh, from when we got the independence, I and mean, before the independence, the country was good. That when Belgium was um, was in control of everything, we were being uh, colonized by them. They were almost, in, I mean, a communist person would never raise a hand and say this and that. But after independence then um i it it was like um the the because i think at the time it uh, they had a king leopold uh, they were not still ready to leave the congo they were still not ready to leave it but because they, they were there was um a, a very growing opposition and so they had to leave but well they had to leave but they did not leave the country in a good position. They created divisions into the country. They um, supported other political parties and creating conflict against the other political parties, creating um, terrible, 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 um, terrible situation in the country. And if you have time, maybe you might look up uh, um, uh, uh, La Concession de Katanga. So it's also one of the the town in Lubumbashi, Katanga. It's also one of the the uh, town commercial towns in Congo. It's also very very rich in natural resources. It was occupied by the Belgium. They supported another person. They supported another person to 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 divide the country. And that's all. How everything started until we got a dictator. We got a dictator who ruled Congo for 32 years. Well, around the, that time, there was no really conflict. It looks like he was the perfect person that the multinations and the Western people and the American people found. He was he was very supported by um, by 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 the Americans, and that's something that is not ignored even in the documentaries. It's clear because he killed his predecessor. He killed the prime minister who fought for Congolese independence. So they killed him by the Americans. He was, he was, he was assassinated in the Congolese land, he was killed, and then they put into power a dictator. 
I was ruling the country for 32 years. Uh, there was no freedom of um, freedom of speech. I mean, it was a terrible situation. Though, I mean, the security the security of the country was good. I mean, the financial situation of the country was not that bad, but still, there was still a lot of natural resources exploitation. Then, um, Congress people realized, well, this, this situation cannot go like this. We need to change the system. And that's how they started fighting, 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 fighting. And then a, someone came into power who said, okay, we are going to, tr to try and change the system. He told the American people, well, if you want our resources, then it's better not to go through other nations. It's better you come through our country. It's order to come into our countries and and be in order with our laws and how we want things to be done. Because you cannot be taking ninety percent of ninety percent of our resources. You cannot be taking eight percent of our resources. We need those resources to survive as well. But we will not accept any deals you going on other way and exploiting our resources, that's something we not accept. He told Belgium the same thing, France the same thing. What happened was he did not get any support again from them. He was rejected on international level. They say it was, he was a very bad person, he was a criminal. And first of all, the way he came into the country, he, he came into power was no right. And then he was not supported at all until he was killed. And that was by the complicity of, um, it, I mean, it's, it's in the news, it's on YouTube, even it was through the complicity of Rwanda and multinations in the United States and other nations. Kabila, um, Lawrence Kabila? Lawrence Kabila, exactly. Mm -hmm. So he was killed by one of um, his bodyguards. He was killed and, I mean, that was their way of trying to clear out the person they didn't want. A person that wanted to stop the system, the the that system of taking natural resources and exploiting the nations. See, so, I mean that was how he was killed, and they put in power someone else, Isan. And that's how the system has been going um, up until now. There's um, this exploitation. Well, can they ever be a reverse of the system? Well, they can be only if. Um, I mean, the multinations accept to do things on the right way, which is a bit difficult now. Because I heard even even Apple and um, and also, and I think it was um, I think it's it's Bill Gates and all all his um, all his companies they are still benefiting from the resources from Congo. I think it's Colton. <laughs> still uses to make phones and to make Apple, to, to make um, iPhones and and things like that. And the question is, will they, because it's benefit, the system currently, the, the current system is, is benefiting them. I mean, through the war, through the conflict, it's benefiting them. They don't, they don't have to go and pay the taxes. They don't have to go on the right way. They don't have to spend a lot on the resources. They don't have to, I mean, they don't have to do anything. But the question to ask, will they have accepted to go on the right way? The question to ask is, are other nations, uh, the multinations, Western people, are they, um, will they accept 
um, leaving the, the Congo alone because what Congolese think is the fact that we have a lot of natural resources, it may, it could, it, it may be a curse that what is bringing us trouble, that is not making us living a better life. Um, well, the question to ask is, are other nations ready to leave the country alone? Well, it's still a long way to go because um, from what I know is this does not only happen in Congo, it's happened through a lot of um, most of the um, African countries as well, where there's still not freedom for people to, I mean, d decide on their own countries, where the multinationals can't respect other nations' um, laws in terms of business, in terms of corporations, where they are still financing or supporting government, supporting government, protecting them and saying, okay, Mr. President, we let you stay in power for 20 years, for 30 years, um, but we will make sure that you are, you, are, you are secured. We will make sure that your family, you're secured. We will make sure that you're rich, but let us come into the country and take whatever we want. And that's how you see a, a president in Congo, which I've never seen here in European countries, uh, in Africa, a president staying for 30 years, for 20 years. Incredible. Yeah. I know. This is, this is amazing what you're telling us. Like, <laughs> it's so complex and I guess as well, more than it, annoying. And very yeah, it is very, very complicated. Uh, very, very complicated. Yes. It's a very complicated situation because we still, we still, we still, um, we still have a lot to do in terms of, especially in terms of Congo. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot that have to be done. There's still a lot that have to be done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Um, just two more questions. Um, the first one, if you if you could just have magic to change something, what would be the first thing you, you would change? If I had a magic to change everything? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would just stop that system of, uh, of exploitation. Okay. But, um, yeah, taking resources in an unlawful manner when it's very, very unacceptable. The killing of people, millions and millions of people. They usually talk about Rwandan genocide, but it is believed that the second genocide happened in Congo, in regions, um, in the eastern regions, where there have been mass killings, thousands and thousands of people. Like as we're talking from January, like this year alone, from January to up to this time, it is believed that thousands and thousands of people have died just on that part alone. There's brutal killing, there is attacks, there is... It is... All of this is just because of natural resources. The, the rebels have been financed, they have been given, they have been given materials. And you ask yourself, we have an army, a strong army in the country. They cannot put an end to this. Again, it is the government cooperating with outside nations, people are infiltrated into, into the government, working with uh, the um, uh, multinations, weakening the, the army, which cannot put an end to what is happening, and putting the old system in a terrible manner. 
well, we managed to, 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 to get a new president. There was an election that happened in a difficult manner, I think it was 2018. We got a new president who has been in opposition party for 30 years. Well, his dad died, but the son remained with the opposition party. He came into the power. But what has happened is the, um, the former government that was there did not give him access to the full power. So they did everything possible that whoever stepped into the power after them will not have ways of changing things. For instance, by when the elections happened, he won the, because how power is divided. You have presidential power and you have the parliament power. It means when you're going through the elections, you have to win the vote because I mean, the presidential power is separate from the parliament powers. It looks like the parliament powers is is very strong. It, it's very strong, modern. Well, though the presidential powers is very strong, but it is limited. You cannot do anything without both powers. You cannot do anything without controlling the parliament and the presidential power. If you can only control the, the presidential power, then the parliament, which takes care of the nations, which decide on what have to do, which which decide on the government, which decide on on who will be representing the people, then you cannot do anything. Then you're just limited. You're not just the president. So what they did is after the elections, they they, they did everything possible to try and size the power in the parliament. So the new president now is very limited. He can't do anything. So the system has been put into the place where uh, things will not work at all, where it's, it will not work at well. So yeah, if I had a magic to change, I will just change that. Mm -hmm. Just um, change that. And as of today, today is, there are still oppositions. And I mean, as of yesterday, there was um, a lot of violation in, in or everywhere in Congo standing against that system that does not allow the president to rule fully that allows um, the previous government that has been there for almost 20 years um, uh, they are standing against that um, so what they did yesterday was um, i mean people stood up and they were going houses to, to houses of those politicians that are supporting that system and they were attacking them and it's, it's a terrible situation which means it's, it's a long way to go. And if I had magic power, I just put an end to that. I will, I will make sure that Congo is free. Um, we are free to elect our president. We are free to decide on our natural resources. We are free to use what we have. Imagine we are more than, we are more than 80,000 millions, millions of people in Congo. We don't have enough, it, um, enough uh, um, we, enough schools. We don't have enough um, medical um, medical institutions or um, medical hospitals. We don't have enough of all these things. The transport system is poor. Everything is dead in the country. Everything is terribly down, and it's all to do with uh, power, political powers, and multinations, and all of these unlawful and natural resources. If I had the power to change, I would stop that. I would make sure Congolese, as, as a Congolese, we have the power to decide 
on what to do with our resources. We have the power to invest in our own country and develop our country. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. And then the last question. Um, all the people that are listening to us um, might be also very enraged uh, with all these things that we don't hear as much about. Um, what would you tell us to do here from Ireland to help the Congo in some way? What do you think we could do? Oh, what I'm saying is to join your voice to our voice because every single day is oh, on national level, people who have migrated to Europe, Congolese, who are in France, Belgium, Canada, and other nations, we they have organized themselves in a way or another to try and raise their voices and tell tell them the other nations to stop supporting the um, the government in Congo, to stop supporting them, to let the Congolese people be able to decide on their own leaders and then to let the Congolese people do whatever is necessary because it looks like we have never had freedom before. It looks like our people are still deciding. It looks like we have, there's no freedom at all. And yeah, what can Irish people do? Turn their voice to our voice and tell the multinations Look, please don't close your eyes on what is happening in Congo. There's a lot of a lot of killing. It has been reported by the United Nations, um, been re reported by the MONISCO. Um, I mean, the situation is bad. Well, um, to try and and not close their eyes on that, to try and see what is happening, misery and. Uh, the chaotic situation that is in the country and let the country decide on its future, let the country develop, let the country use their own resources. And the other thing is, I mean, support the country because the, the thing is, I mean, you are coming and you're taking the natural resources, you're bringing them outside, whereas we need people, investors to come, we need people to come and say, okay, you have natural resources, but you don't have the equipment, but you don't have the natural, the, you don't have the necessary technology to develop what you have. You don't have the natural technologies to develop this. We'll bring our companies, we we'll invest them here. We will help you, we'll be training people, we'll invest in the education system. We will stop um, the war going ahead. We'll support you, we'll do this, this and that. And that's what Congolese people want, whereas we are staying, whereas what is happening is being found as normal. Um, people are committing crimes in, in the region of Congo, killing people, and every day people are dying. Every single day, and people are dying in a brutal manner. They've been killed. I mean, uh, all of this is to try and um, put in place a, an atmosphere of fear where people cannot uh, defend their nation, cannot defend their right. Yeah. So what is the, I mean, I mean, the Irish um, people can do is join their voice to other voices, to our voices, to other voices all around Europe and to try and tell um, the, um, 
the European authorities to try and tell the American authorities to try and tell um, other powers, look, um, don't please don't close your eyes on what is happening. Support the Congolese people. Don't support the government. Don't 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 cooperate with with um, with um, with the wrongdoers. But support the government. Support uh, support the real government and and in order to put end to what is happening. We just came to the end of this interview. Thank you so much, Serge, for taking the time to share with us your experience both in the Congo and in Ireland. In the next episodes, we will be talking both about human rights. Uh, we will be talking to a representative of Frontline Defenders, an association that helps human rights defenders all around the world. And we'll be also be exploring uh, what is going on with one uh, material that is extracted in the Congo, the cobalt. Uh, more than 50% of all cobalt reserves in the world are extracted from the Congo and the problems that it's generating, especially with regards to the production of electronic equipment. So uh, don't miss out and take care and see you in the next podcast very soon. We are coming to work.